When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Do you know what I use to record these podcasts? It's Anchor by Spotify. It's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or a computer. It's all really, really easy. It's all really intuitive. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It's everything you need to make a podcast. Why not Jonathan Taylor, right? Why not Taylor is the MVP? Aaron Rodgers wins it, I get get it, but Jonathan Taylor doesn't get a single vote. And I love Big Q. Quentin Nelson, one of my favorite Colts. That he shouldn't be a Colt, that he should be dealt, doesn't mean that we don't love him. It's not Quentin hate, Big Q hate. Pacers rolling through this renovation. Going to get this roster renovation done more quickly than the Gamebridge Fieldhouse renovation. And Purdue put on blast last night by Michigan. Yikes. This is Breakfast with Kent for Friday, February 11th, 2022. Brought to you by the great people at Johnson's Plumbing. They're great at what they do. They're the only plumbers we trust in this house. When we needed a water heater installed, hello, Johnson Plumbing. When we needed somebody to look at our sump pump, same. Garbage disposal installed, Johnson Plumbing, call them, trust them, we do, you can. 765-610-8809 is the number. All right, let's talk about Jonathan Taylor a little bit, Indianapolis Colts running back. People keep talking about Cooper Cup and how he won the Triple Crown for receivers, right? Hey, and, and so he wins the Offensive Player of the Year. Jonathan Taylor won the Triple Crown for running backs. Carries, yards, touchdowns. He won that Triple Crown. What the hell's wrong with Jonathan Taylor? Here's the difference. Cooper Cup plays in a really high leverage position. You gotta have a weapon like Cooper Cup or like Jamar Chase. You know what I'm talking about. You need that exterior wide receiver or possession wide receiver in order to matriculate the football down the field expeditiously. And the Colts, they didn't have one of those. They had Jonathan Taylor who was able to do that. But the question with Jonathan Taylor is the 1,811 rushing yards, the 18 rushing touchdowns, the over 2,100 total yards and 20 touchdowns. Were those due to Jonathan Taylor's excellence or the Indianapolis Colts' inability to throw the ball to weapons down the field? That's the question. And I think that that, the answer to that question is actually both. This isn't an either or. This is a kind of a yes and. All right. But I think that the voters saw Cooper Cup as a guy who was integral to the success of the Los Angeles Rams, and Jonathan Taylor as a guy who, let's face it, was the only port in the storm 
for the Indianapolis Colts, a team that didn't go to the playoffs. So I think that that is what you wound up with, with Jonathan Taylor. And that was the decision-making process of the voters, however flawed we might believe it was. And I do believe it was flawed. I would have voted for Jonathan Taylor as the Offensive Player of the Year. He was unbelievable. Jonathan Taylor did what he did on his own. Cooper Cup had Matthew Stafford throwing him the football. There's a difference. I talked yesterday about the need for the Indianapolis Colts to trade Quentin Nelson. And I get this splashback in, in the comments about, like, Big Q hate. Like, I don't like Quentin Nelson. I love Quentin Nelson. I think he's fantastic. I think he's one of the best three guards in the game of football. I think when you look into his eyes, you see a guy you want on your side of the football. You, in the same way that I think the Chicago Bears from 1965 to 1971 or whenever it was that Dick Butkus retired, it wasn't long after that, maybe 73, thought, we want this guy on our side. I, I never want to play against this guy, ever. He's got that same look about him that Butkus had. I love Quentin Nelson. You just can't pay a guard $20 million. That's all it is. You can't, and, and that's because of the hard cap. If it wasn't for the hard cap, I wouldn't give a damn. If this was baseball, pay them all. Pay everybody. I don't care that an owner has to go into his pocket to pay luxury tax. That doesn't bother me at all. But there is no luxury tax in the NFL. It's a hard cap. The dollars you spend on that guy, you cannot spend on that guy. That's the way it works. So you've got to prioritize positions of importance. And left guard in the NFL is not as important as other positions, especially when you have the holes that the Colts have. Who is their number two receiver? If he's on the roster right now, I shudder to think what next season's going to look like for the Colts. All right, how about the safeties for the Colts? Who's going to play free safety? Julian Blackman, I hope he's ready to go, right? You, you've got a, a sparsity of, of weaponry with this team, and you have flat-out hold. You have no left tackle on the roster. You've, you're going to have to spend money to go get players that you do not have yet. And it's not this year that I'm worried about. Quentin Nelson's going to be 13.7 million against the cap this year. That's a lot. The following years, that's when an extension is going to kick in, and you got problems with the cap because you're paying your left guard too much. That's just the way it is. And you can get a bounty in return for Quentin Nelson. At any rate, that's the argument. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, his fourth MVP, his second consecutive MVP. Good for him. I think that's just and decent. T.J. Watt, Defensive Player of the Year, 22 and a half sacks, tying Michael Strahan, just decent. Micah Parsons, Defensive Rookie of the Year. Mike Vrabel, Coach of the Year, yes, yes, yes. Jamar Chase, Offensive Rookie of the Year. No argument with any of those. I think Vrabel is one of the best five coaches in the NFL and did a hell of a job this year dealing with the injuries that he had to deal with in order to win the AFC South and arrest that number one seed in the playoffs, although Tennessee really didn't put it to much good use. Uh, Purdue last night was terrible. They played Tuesday against a really tough Illinois team, got a big win. Last night, they lose by 24, 82-58. 
Jaden Ivey with five turnovers. Uh, wow, the Purdue Boilermakers out-assisted by Michigan, 21-5. to They allowed uh, Michigan to hit 12 of 21 threes. Sometimes, this is the way the Big Ten works. I, I got a guy in a text thread who, who's talking about, well, I guess uh, Purdue isn't as good as we thought, and Michigan is better than we thought, and Michigan's win against Indiana is, is more justified and all this other stuff. Sometimes you just run into a really good team on a night when they're playing great and you're not playing so great. And two nights ago, Michigan played against Penn State one by one. Purdue played against Illinois. You know what I mean? Michigan has won six of their last eight. They are playing really good basketball right now. Nobody wants to play them. Nobody in the Big Ten wants to play Michigan right now. They're one of the best 20 teams in the country easily playing really good basketball. Uh, Indiana, a game tomorrow at Michigan State. They're going to be at full strength. All the suspended players have been reinstated by Mike Woodson and welcomed back to the full. Uh, full. The only issue I have with any of this is that Indiana released a, a statement yesterday, and Mike Woodson's quoted in it, saying that uh, you know players have to learn to respect the curfew. Curfews are necessary in college basketball. We're supposed to take from that. We're supposed to glean that, hey, you know what? It's about the curfew. That's what this suspension was all about. It was about a curfew violation. Indiana is very clever in the way it kind of it, it kind of decreases the air pressure, right? In uh, in crisis mode, you know, it's like we'll sort of we'll, we'll tell a truth, but not the truth. And then we can say, well, we told the truth. Anyway, good for Indiana. Good for the the kids who, you know, served their suspension. Hopefully they learned from it. Hopefully that was a disincentive that's going to be meaningful for them. Because Indiana needs all hands on deck tomorrow against Michigan State in order to be competitive with Michigan State. Michigan State's lost their last two. They lost at Rutgers. They lost against Wisconsin at East Lansing. Tom Izzo is going to have that team ready to go. Mike Woodson better have Indiana ready to go. If Indiana is not ready to compete tomorrow, uh, Michigan State's going to blow the doors off the Hoosiers. Got to play this possession by possession. We'll see how it goes for Indiana. I'm optimistic. As always, right? It's Friday. It's the end of the work week. What, are we going to be dour about things? Are we going to look forward to Saturday in a game against Michigan State? Oh, Tom Izzo's mad. Sparty's going to beat our ass. No! Let's go across the northern border of Indiana into Michigan and kick their ass. That's, that's the mindset. That's the mindset we take into the workplace every day. It's the mindset we take into our sports fandom. Every day, every weekend, let's go. Um, Pacers. Kevin Pritchard did work this past week. Kevin Pritchard has put together some assets that are going to be really, really functional in coming together, I think, in the future, near future, next season, and be very competitive in the East. Here's what, over the course of the past week, Deals, three deals that Kevin Pritchard made. Here's who 
the Pacers lost. Here's who they picked up. They lost Domas Sabonis, bona fide all-star, Karis LeVert, Justin Holiday, Torrey Craig, Jeremy Lamb. Lost them. They picked up Tyrese Halliburton, third place in the Rookie of the Year voting last year, and a guy who projects as a player with a really high ceiling. Played two years at Iowa State, really good, really good for the Sacramento Kings. Coming to the Pacers, that backcourt can now be dynamic. They picked up Buddy Heald, one of the best three-point shooters in the NBA. Can't have enough shooters? Rick Carlisle said it yesterday. Can't have enough shooters. They picked up Jalen Smith. Now, Jalen Smith, uh, 10th round overall, or 10th overall pick out of Maryland in 2020, two prior to Halliburton. Smith is going to be a free agent at the end of the season, and all the Pacers can offer because the Suns didn't uh, pick up his, uh, the team option for his third year. <clears throat> Jalen Smith is going to be a free agent unless he re-signs with the Pacers at $4.7 million next year. That's the most that they can offer Jalen Smith. We'll see how that goes. The deal was about getting Torrey Craig's money off the books, so the Pacers weren't over the tax threshold. They are now $320,000 under, so the Simon family is going to get their eleven million to $11.7 million check from the teams that are over the luxury tax threshold. That's a good thing. Uh, Tristan Thompson's contract they got, whether he winds up playing for the Pacers or not, is yet to be seen. The Pacers may buy him out. Ricky Rubio's contract, nice. So this, these contracts are going to take the Pacers far enough under the salary cap <clears throat> that they are going to be players in free agency for the first time in a long time. David West might be the last kind of name free agent that came to the Pacers. Pacers going to be able to go get somebody this offseason. Uh, they picked up Jay... Uh, yeah, I talked about Jalen Smith. They picked up the Cavs' first rounder. They picked up the Rockets' second rounder, which is almost like a really late first rounder that they might be able to combine with the Cavs' first rounder, move up a little bit. In the draft, they also picked up the Suns' second rounder. I don't know what you get for that because that's going to be like 60th, 59th, 58th, something along those lines. Really good work by Kevin Pritchard. Cap room and young talent. Nice, nice bounty for what he gave up, which were kind of pieces that didn't really fit. That backcourt, you you put Duarte and Halliburton, and uh, um, you you got Brogdon, and the you know you you throw uh, the, the the I don't know what they do with the front court to tell you the truth. I mean, they got guys this year. Jalen Smith's a guy, right? But Isaiah Jackson, down low, Goga Batadze, you probably need somebody. You need a big, but maybe you can get that in free agency. Maybe you can use the trade exceptions that the Pacers picked up and the cap room and make a deal in the offseason prior to the trade. We haven't even mentioned Miles Turner yet, right? He's goners. There's no way he's back. He's out in L.A. with dating a TikTok lady? What the hell is going on? Heal your foot! All right. Birthdays. Uh, Gary Lowe, happy birthday, Milton Ward, Mark Adams, Garrett Smith, Mark Fontaine, and the great Marv Miniger. 
celebrating a birthday. Happy birthday to Marv. If today's your birthday, you celebrate like hell. If it's not your birthday, you celebrate somebody else that's best done with an honest and specific compliment. We have the power within each of us to lift our society. Or we can drag it down. Let's lift it. Do that today. I'm going to do that today. You do that today. Promise me.